0: Welcome aboard the Monday Morning Monorail Podcast. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dreamers of all ages, we are back. Be- oh, oh, wait a minute, hold on. This is highly irregular.
1: We're back. We're back. We're
0: gonna make the most of every day. It feels so good to be where we belong. I guess that's the main bullet point of this
1: little song. We're tuned up and right on track. Maybe we're back. Maybe we're. Back. I'm back. Ooh. Guess who's back? back? Back, back, again. Shady's back, back, back. Tell a friend. Keep asking if I'm back, and I haven't really had an answer. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back.
0: Oh, baby, say it one more time. Welcome aboard the Monday, the Monday Morning Monorail Podcast. I'm Justin Monorail and I'm back oh yeah but you know what I can't do this alone I can't well maybe I could but I can't I gotta welcome in my co-host my partner in crime you know him you love him he's the thing that kept this thing afloat for two years he's the Pumbaa to my Timon the Yogi to my Boo Boo the Jake to my Finn the Stimpy to my Ren, and of course we ride together we die together Bad boys for life. The Marcus Burnett to my Mike Lowry. It's Landon the Dawes Done. Landon, welcome to the monorail.
1: After two long years, we're doing the dang thing. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back aboard to the Monday morning monorail. It's me. It's me. It's the DOZ. Landon the Dawes Doan riding shotgun once again. With a man that I love, a man I consider a brother, Justin freaking Monorail.
0: Ooh, an emotional start.
1: <laughs> I
0: am feeling it, Landon. I'm happy to be back. I do
1: think it's interesting. Uh, uh, I am the Marcus to your mic referencing the Bad Boys movies because uh, in preparation of us relaunching the Monday morning Monorail, uh, thanks for rejoining us uh, on this Right. Uh, I've been watching the bad boy move. Well, the first two, um, they hold up, first of all. And I've been wondering in the dynamic of our relationship, who is the Marcus and who is the Mike? So I'm glad you have definitively declared that, uh, who is who? Yeah. I don't have to come out and say that, you know, I'm the cool, stylish, sexy one, and you're the uh, one that stays at home with the kids. So, thank you
0: for that. <laughs> I'll tell you, honestly, the only reason I went that direction, it, it was the height differential. <laughs> <laughs> In all the other cases, I did it because I am typically on this show the straight man. You're the guy that gets to be the color guy. You're you're the fun guy. I mean, you are the driver of the fun V, not the humdrum V. That is true. V. So... I tried to, in the, in all the pairings that I picked, I tried to think, although Timon and Pumbaa both have their comical moments. That is true. Mm-hmm. Yep. Do you agree with me that Boo Boo is the straight man to
1: Yogi? Boo Boo keeps Yogi out of trouble, or rather tries to, because, I mean... Yogi tries to keep getting those picnic baskets and keeps getting uh in trouble with Ranger Smith. So I mean, booby, uh, booby, bo- <laughs> Oh god, this is this boobie. is already going off the rails, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Boo Boo is more of a uh, Yogi's uh, shepherd than he is the straight
0: man. Yeah, that's true. But either <laughs> way, I'm I feel like I'm I'm a little bit that way with you. I try to keep you out of trouble as much as I can.
1: That is true, and I appreciate that. Also, you calling me Pumbaa? Is that a fat joke? No, it was just
0: okay. All right. it, that was not a fat joke. <laughs> although, now
1: we're off to a contentious start although, on the Monday Morning Moderate.
0: <laughs> although now that I look at the at the matchups that we did here, uh, Timon would be skinnier than Pumbaa. Boo Boo is smaller than Yogi. Jake is smaller than Finn. And Wren is smaller than Stimpy. I did not do that as a fat joke. And I apologize if it came across mm. that way. You know what it is? The the guys that are a little doughier, a little fluffier, they tend to be more jolly. They're funnier. They're they're a better time.
1: These little keep sk- digging uh, that that grave, dude. We're like five five minutes into the relaunch, and uh, you're going to be canceled for uh, body shape.
0: Oh, don't cancel me, people.
1: All right, coming back Monday, the relaunch of Does Does Disney. Thanks, guys.
0: <laughs> well, no, we are we are back here to get the monorail back on track. This. Is episode number one hundred and seventy-one of the Monday Morning Monorail podcast. Today is October 16th, 2023. And I want to give you a little weirdness, a little podcast voodoo weirdness that happened surrounding the relaunch of the relaunch. I'm hungry. Of the Monday morning, <laughs> morning Monorail podcast. It has been exactly 777 days since we ended the Morning Monorail. I didn't realize that. <laughs> What? Yeah. As of Monday, it has been 777 days since the monorail ended back in August of 21.
1: That's kind of
0: odd. Right? (laughs) That's strange. Also, oddly enough, I didn't realize this either. Landon, I know you officially ended Dawes Does Disney on episode 86. However, 85 is where you announced the end of Dawes Does Disney, and and you made it mysterious. You didn't tell people why.
1: Yeah, I confused a lot of people. You did. <laughs> and I think I upset some people, too.
0: <laughs> people were upset. They they didn't want to see it go. But it just so happens 85 is exactly half of 170, which is where the monorail ended.
1: W- <laughs> also, what?
0: <laughs> so that's a little strange. The other thing, and I didn't plan this at all, and it was pointed out to me by Frank Cardillo on the Theme Park Thursday with Dillo's Diz podcast, that today... Monday, October 16th, is the official anniversary, the 100th anniversary of the Walt Disney Animation Studios. <laughs> so, something's going on. Something's in the air. I i told you, when we first started having the conversation about bringing back the monorail, you happened to send me a text while I was walking UA one morning. We were outside in the backyard, and and on that walk, I was thinking about bringing the idea to you of bringing the monorail back. And the text I get while I'm having that inner monologue is you telling me that you made a drop for Dawes Does Disney and it felt like something that you used to make for the morning monorail and it was making you feel nostalgic.
1: Yeah, I texted you. uh, I had just put together uh, spent a uh the first part of my sunday morning putting together the uh intro for the uh bear necessity episode of does does disney where i did the uh dnn news update talking about the uh, live bear in the magic kingdom <laughs> uh if you didn't check that out go check it out it it really felt like uh those weird sounders and segments that i used to put together back in the heyday of the monorail doing like you know uh, um Oh, a uh, dot or master theater, theater and yeah. stuff like that. And it really like, like I sent you that text and I'm like, dang, like it, it, it made me Jones for the day, you know, back in the day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and I was feeling it at the time. So it was just perfect timing to receive that text from you. And I was like, you know, if this is not the podcast gods sort of like tipping the scale just a little bit, like putting their little finger in the soup. Or something is happening in the air. That's crazy. And yeah. And so, you know, I had been thinking probably for the last couple of months that maybe it was time to come back. And I think the timing just worked out magically based on all these numbers that I just shared with you. It's just like it was somehow ordained in the stars. And now here we are back on the Monday morning monorail. And it feels so good. And Landon, I wouldn't want to be here with anybody else,
1: dude. I mean, like, like we 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 make the joke the Marcus and Mike references to the bad boys, but I mean, like, like we we are the bad boys. I wouldn't I wouldn't want to be doing this with anybody else other other than you. And 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 I mean, I, I made reference. I consider you a brother, and, and that's just not you know me saying that you know for the sake of saying it on a podcast. I'm not saying it you know for for the content, as the kids say. It's like that is that is a shoot thing. I I love you, man, and I'm glad that we are back doing this dang thing. Seven hundred and seventy-seven days without the monorail. We are back, and we're going to be better than ever. And I just got to say, for uh, for a ride that has not rid r- road rooted in seven hundred and seventy-seven <laughs> days, the old girl looks pretty good. Tons of legroom up here <laughs> in the in, in in the main cart yeah. of the monorail. Yeah, well, so you- much room for activities.
0: Well, I got to say, man, you know, I know it was. Uh, uh, a rose by any other name but uh Dawes does disney you you kept the feed on the tracks
1: well i i appreciate the opportunity that i did have to uh do doz does disney and uh When I when I made reference, I think I made a couple people angry when I announced the uh, sudden abrupt uh, cancellation of Daz Does Disney. If it wasn't for the opportunity to launch, or rather relaunch, the Monday Morning Monorail, Daz Does Disney would still be going, but because the Monday Morning Monorail is something that I believe in, the Monday Morning Monorail is something that I love, and the person that I get to do the Monday Morning Monorail with is somebody that I love. I cannot pass. I cannot pass that opportunity. So uh, mm. if if I did ruffle your feathers announcing does does Disney going away, I apologize. But in its place is a much better podcast. Nah. You did <laughs> great. Uh, and and, and there, uh, Jay will tell you this. There were many times uh, we, we 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 talk all the time, and uh, every now and then I'd be like, so, so 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 you're coming back soon, right? Right? You you you, you want the podcast back because Does <laughs> Does Disney just moved into the Monday morning monorail podcast feed as you're. Rediscovering, or, or I'm reminding you, or we talked about in uh, previous episodes. I know you mentioned it on the uh, Dillo's Diz podcast this week. By the way, go check that out. Those uh, those uh, folks are lovely. Love that uh, uh, sibling duo. Um, but yeah, it's like without the Monday Morning Monorail, Daz does Disney would not be around. So I, I was more than glad to end a pretty good run of good Daz, run. Daz does Disney, Real if I do say run. so myself, to relaunch the Monday morning monorail. And speaking of relaunching the Monday morning monorail, why don't we go ahead and light this sucker? Let's do it. And I just
0: officially just want to say here in front of God and the podcast gods and everybody. Thank you so much. Really? I know that it was a lot of work and I know it was really hard um, to do it sometimes. And I know that like you put a lot of blood, sweat and tears into your show, Landon. And I just want you to know bottom of the old ticker. I really appreciate everything you did. So thank you so much, man.
1: Well thank you. I uh I appreciate that and uh yeah, I mean like like I said we uh, we talk all the time and you know how hard it was at some points and yeah. uh, I'm not going to get into uh to all that and you know uh show how the sausage is made so to speak uh for uh, for for the listeners but uh thank you. That uh that really means a lot. But uh I am glad that we are back doing the dang thing on the Monday morning Monorail.
0: Yeah. So, folks, if you are new to the program and you're jumping in at episode 171, I wanted to take a moment just to sort of introduce the show to you. This started out as a primarily Disney World themed podcast where we would talk Disney news. Landon and I used to do an old segment in the very beginning that we called M34D, which stood for Monday Morning Monorail Disney Deep Dive with the Dawes, and we would... Do deep dives on attractions. We started in Magic Kingdom. We went to Epcot. We we didn't get all the way through Epcot. But the idea was to tell the background story of the attraction. Give it give it its full due. Because that's one of the things that we appreciate so much about Disney. Is the detail and storytelling that the Imagineers weave in. Bake into every single thing that they put in the parks. And it's something that should be memorialized and appreciated. And something that should be discussed on a podcast like this. So, so we did that. Um, and then we would do, you know, sort of fun things, engaging with our f- listeners and g- the monorail fam, as it has come to be known, um, mm-hmm. You know, and and do some community things. We'd have people on. We do. We'd play games. We would, you know, do trivia, all kinds of things. And um, did a couple fundraisers as well. Yeah, we did a couple fundraisers. Um, and over the years, we did sort of evolve and start talking a little bit more about some other podcast or uh, other theme parks, uh, especially with the help of Steffers, um, who came on and we introduced a segment called Across the Universal with Steffers. Um, And now, you know, when, when the show started, I, I lived in Knoxville. Now I live in Orlando. And so I do.
1: Yeah, that was a choice.
0: You made, but <laughs> I do. I do attend <laughs> Disney Universal and even SeaWorld from time to time. So my theme park horizons have been broadened. So as we move into this new era of the show, we're going to get back to our roots in a lot of ways. We're going to do Disney news, but we're also going to do universal news. And if there's things to talk about at SeaWorld, we'll talk about some of that stuff, too. For example, SeaWorld.
1: Does it actually
0: exist? <laughs> is it a sea or a world? Discuss.
1: <laughs> Discuss. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> uh we'll do that. Uh we'll have a middle segment of the show where we're going to mix it up a bit. We are going to bring back M34D, which I've I've teased out to oh, some people. Oh man, that
1: means I got to do homework.
0: Hey, we're yeah, we're both going to do more homework, which is so exciting. <laughs> Uh, but do you remember where we left off on m three four d no, I don't i great phenomenal.
1: I we probably need to figure it out. well,
0: you know what's funny, So I was telling you this like when we talked about bringing back the the monorail, I was like now I've got to go back and make sure I've still got all the the sound, like the audio drops, my bumpers um, and my documents that I used to have for the show because there were times when the monorail ended. That I would be like emotional about it. I was like, I just want to delete everything, monorail. Yep, I, don't, uh-huh. I don't want to it's keep like, this like, go, stuff go, uh, going through a breakup. Yeah. Yeah, and so unfortunately, I deleted the M three four D document. So,
1: oh no,
0: <laughs> I have no idea. I I mean, Oof. that's going to be interesting. I, we may just have to go back and listen to every previous episode of the Monday Morning Monorail Podcast and figure out what. Oh,
1: we're. that's 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 a lot of audio.
0: I know. I I do know this. We made it all the way through World Showcase because we we wrapped that up and did our ranking of the pavilions. I don't think that we finished um, current attractions. At Epcot. So I just have to figure out. I feel out confident
1: in saying we didn't do Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind.
0: That's a fact. We did not do that. I don't <laughs> know. it wasn't open. <laughs> well, you know, the way that we would do it, we would chronologically go through the the, the attractions that opened in the park. So, it, it like, we started with day one attractions, even if they're closed. um, And then we would move on to things that opened as time went on. So, um. Yeah, I just have to go back and look. I'll figure it out. I'll what fig- about
1: Journey of Water? Did we do that?
0: We didn't do Journey of Water. No. <laughs> okay. No, nope. right. That one's still on the table. All right. um, so anyway, that'll be the middle segment. Or... I'm gonna mix in some in park audio, like maybe some, Ooh. yeah, maybe some cocktail reviews, some snack reviews. I I know people enjoy hearing the background music in the parks, and it's it's fun to do. I've got a little handy digital recorder I can take with me, and and hopefully the sound is is all right. I actually did pre record a few of those, so you'll be hearing those in upcoming episodes of the Monday Morning Monorail. Um, and then segment three. Something that we were doing on the Passholder Lounge, um, I really like the idea of having like one big question or topic for us to kind of pass back and forth and then share that with the listeners and the Monorail fam and get their feedback on that. So we're going to do that or we're going to mix in Fast Pass Standby or Snack Break.
1: Ooh, OK. Bringing that back, too. I like that.
0: Yeah. And so that was a segment Landon introduced back in the day where we would give you three options and say – if you had to slot these three these three into one of these three categories, would it be Fast Pass? Meaning, it's an every time, it's a priority. I got to do it. Standby, where you're like, well, I'll do it, but it's not. I'm not going to burn a Fast Pass on it, but I'd like to do it. Or snack break, you totally just sit out of that particular ride um, or attraction.
1: It's Disney related. F Mary kill. Yeah, pretty much.
0: That's pretty much what it is. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll we'll bring that back. Um. But yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I, I think we're going to mix a lot of our, you know, roots, a lot of where we came from into the show and incorporate elements that we developed over time to make the best possible podcast for Disney and theme park enthusiasts. And, you know, at the heart of it is the Monorail fam, the the community that we're building around the show. And that's that's always been super important to me and Landon. And like, I know you hear this from other podcasts it's, but, but, and you've heard it from us, but it is so true one of the the great benefits of doing this show is the connections that we make with all of you and facilitating you to make connections with each other. And yes. yeah, we're going to keep doing that.
1: That is really one of the cool things that through the history of the monorail and I guess through Daz Does Disney is the amazing friends that I've met and, and the amazing friends that the friends that I've made have made as well. Yeah. And, and that is something that I also want to keep and focus an emphasis on is the interaction part of that podcast. I mean, it's like like I said last week when I was wrapping up does Does Disney, I wouldn't have kept going with the podcast if it wasn't for the fans. And, and I honestly feel similar, that belief on the Monday morning monorail. It's yeah. like part of the reason Jay and I want to do this. I mean, obviously, we love talking about the House of the Mouse down in Orlando, Florida. But at the same time, we also love doing this because of y'all who are listening out there who give us your time each week. If you listen to five minutes of this episode, if you listen to every second of this episode, it means the world to us. The fact that you do give us that time. So Thank you for giving us that time, and thank you for being a part of the Monorail Fam.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you to the Monorail Fam. Thank you to the listeners. Even if you don't identify as a Monorail Family member yourself, I identify you that way, so you can just mm-hmm. forget about it. You're part of the Monorail Fam. Um, it's
1: okay. We'll, we'll send you your identification card in the mail.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and just make sure to fill out the form. Give us your yep. social security number, your address, your... <laughs> The pin code for your debit card, all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, mother's um, maiden name. <laughs> uh.
0: <laughs> but uh, but also shout out to all of our podcast friends out there and and yeah, you know because over over the course of the time the, that that uh, the monorail ended, of course, I was doing some other things. Uh, did the you know we started the passholder lounge, which is still going to keep going. I know people have asked that question. We are going to continue to have a live passholder lounge once a month on YouTube, on Twitch, in the in the Facebook group. Um and it's just going to be an addition. It's going to be part of the Morning Monorail offering basically. I don't know if you've if any of you have reached out and tried to listen to uh, Moonshine and Scoreboards, which is our silly little sports podcast that we do, but you might hear at the end I call it an M3 production. I'm kind of considering all this stuff an M3 production and so I like that. Yeah.
1: It's all, all about that branding. Also, yeah. somehow they convinced me to be on Moonshine and Scoreboards. So, yeah. uh, so if you so if you like the banter that Jay and I do, but you think you know, I like these guys. Not necessarily about Disney, but I like these guys. And sports is more of your forte. First of all, if you don't like us talking about Disney, I don't know what you're doing here. Like 20 <laughs> minutes into a Disney related podcast, but uh, we have that sports podcast, Moonshine and Scoreboards. Yeah, but whatever it's called, that's, yeah, that's, you
0: nailed thing. it. You nailed it. Sweet. Yeah. And it's a oh, good and Kevin's
1: one. on it too. So yeah.
0: C- cousin Kevin, you would have yep. heard him right <laughs> here on the Monday morning, Monroe podcast. So, um, so yeah, so we've got a few things that are going to be going on and we're happy to get back into it. But, but you know, I, I, I don't think that I should try to start naming all of our podcast friends um, individually. Cause I inevitably I would leave someone out and I don't want to do that. Um, but not only to the podcast. Well, can friends. I
1: name somebody specifically, one of our podcast friends, who has their 300th episode this week? Oh, sure. Go ahead. Okay. I, I could, but I'm not going to. Okay. <laughs> no, no. Uh, congratulations, Dillos. Yeah, absolutely. That's such Cause, a huge. Because they were milestone. nice enough to have you on to talk about the relaunch of this podcast. So, you know, it's a little, uh, you scratch our back, I'll, uh, we'll scratch yours. Because. That's the way things work in this world. No, seriously, uh, congratulations to uh, Jen and Frank. 300 episodes is an amazing uh, accomplishment. So uh, good on them and uh, great product out there. Go listen to the uh, Delos Diz. That's yeah. twice I've plugged them now. Yeah, Check better be in the mail, Frank.
0: Which I'm surprised you're doing, considering Frank asked that question on the, last, on the last episode of Theme Park Yeah, Thursday. he's like, what
1: would it take to get Landon in a haunted house at <laughs> Halloween Horror Night? I don't know why that's my Frank impression. That was more of a DNN uh, news reporter uh, Chad, Chad Stone or something like that. Um, yeah, to answer, uh, answer Frank's question, nothing. Nothing. Uh, yeah. n- no amount of money would ever get me in one of those houses. Now, I will say that lights on tour... I would one thousand percent participate in. Yeah, I think a lot of people would be into that. So, but the actual Halloween Horror Night itself, nah. Uh-uh. Jay asked, "What would be the uh, reper or the uh, the repercussions of this?" That would be me burning Jay's house down. So. <laughs> we now know the terms of this agreement. Yeah, we could raise some money for Give Kids the World, but then we would have to start a new fundraiser. Give Jay a new place to live.
0: So. Yeah, that's right. Um, oh, but. So I specifically said podcast friends. I want to just say we've got a lot of creator friends that, you know, we've made connections with not just podcasts, but YouTube, Instagram, a lot of a lot of people that are in the community. And and without saying you all by name, I hope, you know, I you know, you know who you are. And I really appreciate all your support, Mm -hmm. you know, not only in the prior life of Morning Monorail, but but then also during the death of Morning Monorail and now the resurrection. Well, we're in spooky season.
1: Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So thanks to everybody. And thanks for all of you being here now. I think it's time. Let's do it. Let's jump into the Disney news.
1: Yeah, let's do the dang thing. Landon. We've only patted ourselves on the back for like 30 minutes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I can keep doing it for another 30.
1: Oh, oh, me too, buddy. Me too. Yeah. (laughs) You know what else I think is great about me and me specifically?
0: (laughs) No. Let me count the ways.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> well,
0: we mentioned it at the kickoff of this show today, October sixteenth, nineteen twenty-three. Um, it's it, it, now in twenty twenty-three. We are a hundred years into the existence of the Walt Disney Animation Studios. This company was founded October sixteenth, nineteen twenty-three, and is the oldest animation studio in the world. And their first production, as you may be aware, that was actually widely distributed, was Steamboat Willie, released in 1928, which was the first appearance of Mickey and Minnie Mouse. However, both did appear in a short film named Plame Crazy before Steamboat Willie came out. Now, here's something I learned today while I was putting together some notes. I did not realize that the inspiration for the work that they did, the groundbreaking development of Steamboat Willie being the first cartoon that was synchronized to music was actually the movie the jazz singer from 1927 so the jazz singer inspired walt disney to push the limits of what you could do with animation landon were you aware of wait that? the al jolson movie yes the al the al ocean al jolson movie
1: <laughs> yeah 19- yes of course billy ocean's uh great great grandfather yeah really yeah so that was a
0: surprise to me. Um, and for those of you who maybe haven't seen the original jazz singer, I know it's been remade. Um, in 1927, this was a part talky musical drama filmed by Alan Crossland and produced by Warner Brothers Pictures. And it was the first feature length motion picture with both synchronized recorded music and lip synchronous singing and speech. So Walt saw that and he was like, wow. You know, he was inspired by the Warner Brothers and uh, Al- Alan Crossland, like pushing w- the boundaries, B- groundbreaking development in the film industry. And he's like, I want to be on the cutting edge. I want to do that, too. And I want to do that with my animation. So that actually prevented um, Steamboat Willie from coming out uh, sooner because he wanted to to be able to do it right.
1: So I thought that was pretty cool. That's incredible. Like like you you telling that story and me putting because 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 I'm kind of a film nerd. I like uh peeky behind the curtain. I have a minor in film studies and we've talked about uh, we me uh being uh collegiate Landon and professors and classes have talked about the jazz singer the hair on my arm is kind of standing up, you telling that story and me putting those puzzle pieces together. I'm stunned that this is a new revelation and it wasn't brought up in conversations in the classes that I took. Because it's like the jazz singer you talk about, like, like it, it, it was a groundbreaking movie at the time. And the fact that it didn't make that much of an impression on Walt to then go on to form what he did later in life to now, I mean... Without the jazz singer we might we might not have Disney which is kind of a crazy statement to say. Yeah. Or at least Disney
0: as we know it. I mean, it could have they you know, they could have done some other things, but the direction that they went with their first wide animated release was definitely inspired by the jazz singer. So Wow. Really really cool. Um so now to date, Walt Disney Animation Studios is responsible for 61 feature films. And why do we all love them so much? It's the characters, the storytelling, the music, and the magic, of course. But a lot of the films that really stand out from that catalog do so because they were innovative or groundbreaking in some way. And that concept is exactly what the studio was founded on 100 years ago. Pretty cool.
1: 100 years ago today? is a
0: 100, 100 years ago
1: today. Yeah.
0: Landon, what is your number one favorite? No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to ask you to do. That.
1: I was about to do, do the same thing to you, and I was. Well, it's funny. Uh, last night, well, last night, the day we were recording this, uh, the Smokin' Hot Girlfriend and I were hanging out, and we were talking about the Holy Trinity of Disney movies because she brought it up, and she considers her Holy Trinity of Disney movies. Uh, the Beauty and the Beast, Lion King, and then sitting atop is The Little Mermaid, the uh, 90s animated versions. And I've kind of been trying to kick around that idea in my own head. I don't know if I could come up with that answer even thinking about it. Like, maybe we could throw that out there to the listeners and, and, and we could get back with our own answers for next week's episode. Should we do, like, a, give us, us
0: your—and it doesn't have to be in any order, but what are your, like, top three—
1: yeah, yeah, your holy trinity of Disney movies.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'd like to hear that. Specifically, Walt Disney Animation Studios. Like, pick from that list, give us your three, throw it out in the Facebook group. You know, you can tweet at us. We are back on the X, or whatever you're calling it now.
1: Just call it Twitter. Yeah. Because whoever buys buys it out of bankruptcy court is immediately going to rename it Twitter. Because, <laughs> I mean, come on.
0: Really? Yeah. So we're, yeah, we're back on the socials, at uh, Morning Monorail, on uh, Twitter and also Instagram. Um, but yeah, you
1: you also mentioned the Facebook group, uh,
0: explain more on that. We have a Facebook group. (laughs) Yeah, we do have a Facebook group that you can join and that's the Monday morning monorail family. Uh, just search it up. Um, the pass holder lounge was, was set up in its place while the morning monorail was at rest, but now (laughs) it is back as the morning Monday morning monorail family. So you can jump on there. And of course I'll share it when the episodes come out and we keep the conversation going throughout the week in that Facebook group. So you know, you could share your uh, your top three over there. But yeah, that's I don't know. It's a good place to start, uh, you know, relaunching the podcast, talking about the launch of the most prolific animation studio of all time feels pretty appropriate.
1: Um, and we totally planned it. We're relaunching our podcast on the 100 year anniversary of it. Yeah, I totally, totally knew that, it, that <laughs> it was it was pre-planned. Yeah. Yep. Uh uh-huh. Despite what Jay said on the (laughs) Dillow's Diz prior in the episode, it was totally. It's like when I heard you say that the line from Ghostbusters came back into my mind. It's like it's like really, dude, it's like, Ray, when somebody asks you if you're God, you say yes. Mm.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know. I know. I learned my lesson.
1: Okay, All right. All right.
0: Landon, I want to keep something alive that you used to do on Daz Does Disney. And that is, of course, announcing when an after hours party is sold out.
1: Oh, that's my favorite thing in the world,
0: buddy. (laughs) Yeah. So over on WDWmagic.com, I pulled this headline. Second night for Disney Jollywood Nights event at Disney's Hollywood Studios is sold out. That is November 18th, 2023. It's the second date to sell out for the debut season of Disney's Jollywood Nights at Hollywood Studios. That means there are 10 total dates. Two are sold out. So there's eight more that are available Uh, For this event, which um, the two that are sold out now are November 11th and the 18th. Um, There's still remaining dates the 20th, 27th and 29th of November and then December 4th, 6th, 16, 18 and 20. Um, This event sounds really cool. It also sounds very expensive.
1: Tickets Uh range,
0: (laughs) tickets range from $159 to $179. Per person, you can get a $10 discount if you're a WDW annual pass holder or a DVC member. But, I mean, it's so tempting because all you had to do is tell me that Kermit the Frog and Miss Piggy are going to host a holiday special at Theater of the Stars. And I'm like, well, how much How much can I pay? I'll pay you all the money. I would love to see that.
1: Well, it's fun- fun- funnily enough, that's exactly how much they're charging you need <laughs> to get in, Jay, all of the money. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I don't know
0: if I'm going to make it there this year, but I'm, I'm very excited for, for those of you who are in the Monorail fam that are definitely going to get there. And I want to hear all about it after you get back.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm very curious to see how Jollywood Nights plays out. Obviously, this being the first year, the first iteration of it, there are still a lot of questions what to expect, what we are going to see. And the fact that they're only running 10 nights of this, as opposed to Mickey's Very Merry, where, I mean, it's like forty maybe nights of it. Um, and we've already seen two of the 10 sold out. Now, the entire December slate is still available, like Jay was mentioning. But um, I I have a feeling like like this, this is going to sell out, despite the fact it costing upwards of almost $180 a head to get in. A, this is the first time Disney's offering something like this. B, it does have the Muppets attached to it. And like Jay was talking about there, we're not the only like hardcore Muppet fans out there and see, most importantly, there are only 10 of these dates that were introduced to the wild. And now two of them are gone. So you have eight to play with. Uh, I said it a whole bunch on does does Disney. If you and your party want to attend Jollywood nights in Disney's Hollywood Studios, act while you can. I don't want y'all to be left out in the proverbial cold on this. Once again, dates that are still available, November 20th, 27th, 29th, December 4th, 6th, 16th, 18th, and then finally, December 20th.
0: I would also imagine, I didn't go check this to verify, I would imagine that those first two dates were the cheapest.
1: Yeah, those are, those, uh, the dates that, is Zoe maybe throwing up over here on the <laughs> carpet? That's that's a neat party trick. Um, generally, the dates that sell out first on these after-hour ticketed events, I've noticed, are either going to be the first nights that they're offered, the nights that are closest to whatever holiday they're celebrating, or the cheapest options. So I am guessing um, uh, we saw it in the 11th. That's the first night it sold out. And I'm guessing the 18th was on the cheaper End of the one fifty nine to one seventy nine yeah. ticket price. Yeah, but so
0: just keep that in mind if you're if you're about dang, to one seventy nine.
1: That's oof. that
0: is that's a tough pill to swallow. That price, but uh, <sighs> hey, speaking of swallowing things, one of the things I love to talk about on the Monday morning monorail is food.
1: Ooh, I do love
0: me some tasty treats. Yeah, so let's go to my favorite park and talk about some new bites that are debuting at the Animal Kingdom. This article comes from blog Mickey.com, and they are introducing starting on October 11th, which was this last week, so it's already it's already out a few new items at a couple quick service locations in Animal Kingdom. You know, I already think Animal Kingdom has great food and drinks. I mean, mm-hmm. you can start and end that discussion at Nomad Lounge, but there's... A- <laughs> yep.
1: Oh, believe me, I have several times.
0: <laughs> but uh, but there's a lot of other really good treats in there. I'm still discovering things I've, I haven't i have tried at Animal Kingdom. And now there's going to be more to add to the list. Starting at Tamu Tamu, there's a couple things that you can check out. A new breakfast item, Stuffed Pancake Sandwich. Do what now? Have you have you taken a look at the stuffed pancake sandwich? You can do what to a pancake? This thing. <laughs> so basically what they've done is they've created a pancake that looks like a cupcake. And inside of it is sausage, guava paste, egg and cheese. I mean I got to tell you. I'm not a big pancake person. I don't like starting my day with super sweet treats for breakfast. Mm -hmm. But I got to tell you, I I think I'm willing to try this thing. I'm willing to do it for the podcast. That might have to be an in in park audio recording, a review of the stuffed pancake sandwich coming to a podcast feed near you. Man, that thing looks wild. Yeah, it looks crazy. (laughs)
1: Uh, <laughs> oh yeah i'm mm, i'm i'm very I'm, I'm like you I'm very hit or miss on pancakes but oh man i i mm. so so is is this like the Disney version of the McGriddle? yeah like, I, like yeah I would say like that. the thing where where their scientists never never stopped to uh they, they were so preoccupied uh thinking uh if they uh could uh, never stopped to ask if they should exactly the scientists
0: <laughs> <laughs> really need to step back sometimes and ask themselves <laughs> that question. And by the way, I'm I'm in. Incre- it's not Tamu Tamu. It's Pongu Pongu um, is where you can get this pancake sandwich. Also, drink Walla and Trek snacks um, and select outdoor carts. So, apologies, I didn't mean to send you in the wrong direction. I would have been lost myself. But yeah, now-
1: retailing for it looks like eight ninety nine. So- yeah, eight
0: ninety nine. Mm. That's not, that's not too bad for a a Disney breakfast sandwich. It's it's expensive. I'm not saying it's not. I mean, you can go get a, a McGriddle for, what, four bucks?
1: Yeah, four bucks. But then he's like, oh, well, well, I'm, I'm getting my breakfast. Uh, my day started at McDonald's. No, not because I get up at 4 a.m. and on the way to work, that's the only thing open. So I do it several times a week. But I also, you know, look the way I do because I start my day several t- times a week at McDonald's.
0: So. Body built by McGriddle's. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh that's the saddest thing i've heard <laughs> excuse me i'm gonna go write my suicide note no. <laughs> <laughs> oh no
0: uh do it with a mcdonald's ketchup packet
1: you're right um, yeah there we go <laughs> <laughs> Ooh.
0: um how about lunch let's check out lunch let's go uh, over to the harambe market I love the Harambe Market. And by the way, this is one of those places I hadn't really spent a lot of time in until recently at Animal Kingdom. But there are so many great food options at the Harambe Market if you've never gone over there. Um, so here are some interesting little rice bowls that they're introducing. You can get a chicken, chicken and shrimp rice bowl. You can get a just chicken rice bowl and a shrimp rice bowl. Each features Joloff rice with ketchup. Wait a minute. Oh, oh. Kachimbari. Gonna- Kachimbari tomato salad and tzatziki. So I can say tzatziki. Um, I think you stuck the landing there. Good job. Nice. You can choose between chermoula marinated chicken, peri peri marinated shrimp, or both. Why not both? That's what I say. Exactly. Yeah.
1: So both is always the right answer. The pictures look
0: good. The shrimp looks very tasty.
1: Yeah, they look really Really good. I and and speaking on the shrimp, I'm normally not a shrimp guy unless it's uh, like you know served up on like a hibachi table and then a chef like flips it into my mouth or something like that, but that shrimp does look really good. <laughs> How often do you do you make the catch in that situation? Um uh, I would give myself like a 40% success rate. <laughs> That's not bad, really. <laughs> I mean, I do have a big mouth though, so you have to remember.
0: How many times have you gotten hit in the eye by a flying shrimp?
1: Um Sixty so, percent. I mean, <laughs> that's the know. other. One. The math works. I have out. a big mouth, but I also have a big head. So, so there's <laughs> there's a there's a large target the chef is uh, aiming aiming at. So yeah,
0: yeah. I I'm pretty good. I would say my success rate is is I would flip flop it. I'm about 60-40 on the catch rate. Okay, all right, that's yeah. good.
1: Um, now it's I, always an insult when they try and flip rice at you. I mean, that's that's just an <laughs> amateur move. The rice is gonna break up as soon as it leaves the uh, leaves the surface. Yes. And, then, and then you're just covered in rice for the rest of your meal. It sort of feels
0: that feels like something I would do. It's like throwing confetti. It's edible confetti you're throwing on. <laughs> Congratulations.
1: Is rice edible confetti? Discuss. <laughs>
0: <laughs> not for birds. It makes them explode.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Don't do that. Do, do, do not do that. <laughs>
0: yeah. um, in addition to those rice bowls, you can also get a new beef and lamb kofta pita. Combi- it Ooh. combines house-made beef and lamb kofta with deliciously refreshing tzatziki sauce, tramula, and house-made chips, and that sounds great. There's also an, an impossible kofta pita if you are vegan or vegetarian. It might just be vegetarian. I'm not gonna say vegan because that I, does. It, I think tzatziki sauce probably has dairy in it. It's yogurt, right? So that should be dairy.
1: Believe so. Yeah, that pita looks amazing.
0: Yeah, it does.
1: Oh, I could get down on that thing. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, that looks like I don't know, is that going to compete with uh the Ronto wrap over in Hollywood Studios to be the best like uh pita wrapped item in a park? I don't know. It looks really good. Mm,
1: I mm, I would have to try it, but it, uh this uh this uh beef and lamb pita would have to do some work to uh overtake the uh, Ronto wrap.
0: Oh, I agree with you. It's, it's, it's definitely playing at a disadvantage because the Ronto Wrap's one of my favorite treats. But I mean, snacks, it, it
1: looks really good. I mean, even, even the chips look really good in, in, in this instance. I mean, like for all I know, it could just be, you know, like barbecue lays maybe from the looks of them. But I mean, like <laughs> they, they look like homemade in-house chips. So yeah,
0: that's know. what it says they are. So, okay. I, right. I do like some house-made chips. Um. And then we've got, if you are a salad fan, there's a Harambe salad with chicken, which will combine the chermoula. I hope I'm saying chermoula, right? Marinated chicken with quinoa, grilled corn, black eyed peas and crispy chickpeas topped with a tasty (laughs) chermoula herbed vinaigrette. They had to throw it in one more time. One more time. Yep. Um, You could also get that salad topped with shrimp if you prefer. Um, And then the
1: salad looks good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, especially for a theme park offering of a salad. I mean, it, 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 it looks good. I do like it when there's
0: salad variety and it's not just like a house salad at these quick service uh locations. Um, So, yeah, I agree. That's that is a welcome addition to the menu for sure. Um, And then once you're done with all the healthy stuff, why not try the brand new mango passion fruit cheesecake? There it is. Yep, that looks good, too. It's got it It does look good. It's got like little flower petals on top of it.
1: Yeah, it has like 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 odd looking things. Yeah. Did I made of. Probably, 100% sugar, so they taste delicious and can cancel out that salad you just ate. So, but or, 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 or the impossible pita you just ate.
0: So. Two two things though. When you're at Disney, calories don't count. That's number. That one. That is true. And number two is when you eat a salad, it gives you negative calories. So then you get to go add to. <laughs> 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 that is not how I, it works.
1: I, I I haven't heard that last one. I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna run that one. My doctor. The next time I see, her. <laughs> I'm eating salad. Shouldn't that be negative calories? Right. Yeah. It's I'm like, covering it's like it. i ranch ranch food. Come on. <laughs> help <me out> here.
0: <laughs> it should. I don't know why it doesn't. It really should. But um, so, in in all fairness and equality, time, I want to hop over to Universal really quick. There's a couple of interesting things that popped up on the Universal news radar this week. Both of these articles come from all ears.net, interestingly enough.
1: So we're getting universal news from a Disney news website. Yeah, well, it's it's I have found.
0: I have struggled to find really good universal like independent websites that don't either also do disney or are primarily disney so
1: oh snap justin monorail just called you out universal blogs well there just aren't that many and, and
0: i'm sure it's just because
1: oh he's doing it again Did you hear that universal blogs you better step your game up
0: <laughs> well i, I think the I'm the j
1: daddy's calling
0: you out. i think maybe i'm telling also
1: st- i'm not calling you the
0: j daddy anymore. no please That's don't weird. pop a monorail yeah. if you please um I think I'm just letting Steffers know that there's a, a vacancy in the market if she wants to start a, a really Ooh, good yeah. news Stephers website. yeah. crush. Yeah, she could do well, it. Steffers
1: does crush in everything she does. So. She's
0: always crushing. It's true. Yep.
1: Love the Steffers. Um,
0: well, I love it when they upgrade technology that makes entry into a park even more smooth and seamless, and Universal is testing out some technology that could do just that. Now, for all you tinfoil hat-wearing conspiracy theorists out there, you're not going to love it, But for me, a normal person living in the world, I think this is cool.
1: Uh, (laughs) Yeah, you hear that weirdos? The J daddy's calling you out. (laughs) Uh,
0: That was really funny. I didn't mean to go after people like that, but I did. Um, Man,
1: I love the reboot. You're just you're just going after everybody. It's I'm
0: burning it down. I'm burning it down. Um, So they have officially started testing photo validation as a way to make park entry a little more seamless. Now, if you've ever been to Universal Islands of Adventure or Universal Studios Orlando, what they do is they scan your park ticket and then you do a a thumbprint validation, which I'm sure people don't love anyway. But now what they're going to do is you can scan your ticket. And the first time that you do, they're going to take a picture of you. And from then on, all you'll do is scan your ticket and your picture will pop up and they can look at you and be like, "Eh, you've gained a few pounds, but it looks like you go ahead. Um, and so then yeah, you have well,
1: to. Well, my, my, my <laughs> podcast co host is already body shaming. Why not a, a team member at Universal <laughs> Studios? <laughs> they can be like, I liked your hair better before. Um, <laughs> well, wait, wait, hold on. Are team members just going to turn into stand up comedians when you're scanning in now?
0: <laughs> I would love it if they would start roasting you as you walk in. That would be great. Yeah,
1: they're just doing their hard five while they scan you <laughs> in. It's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> just just keep going. Okay. <laughs>
0: um but anyway, I love it. I think it's great. I, I think if Universal all they need to do now is get those smart scanners that Disney has implemented at all their parks where you just walk right through with your bag and you don't have to go through an actual like, you know, metal detector and put your bag on a conveyor belt. If if we could do that, oh my gosh. Tot- that's like you're probably a step ahead cuz Disney's still doing the fingerprint scans when you tap in. So. Mhm. Just do it.
1: Like I, I, I like this move by Universal because you talk about the thumbprint or or the fingerprint. Because whenever I was going to Universal, because I did have one of the seasonal annual passes, and honestly, I still struggle with this with uh, with my Magic Bands. I always struggle to remember <laughs> what finger did I use for my uh, for, for my ID print, and it's like. Every time I go in on the first day of my trip, it's like, without fail, I always choose incorrectly. Yeah, so if just, so, if they can just like like hit hit my ticket and be like, "Yep, that's you. Come on in." Uh, also, uh, you need to uh, lose about twenty, and, uh, and uh, but 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 have a good day. I'd be fine with that. And it's like, I'm signed up for the uh, Regal Unlimited uh, Movie Pass. You have to have a photo with your. regal unlimited pass like like they they check and see your photo to make sure that you're the person who signed up for this so i don't understand why people are so opposed to
0: this well people they always have conspiracy theories about everything
1: oh believe me i'm very like you know what i do for for a living uh i am very well aware that people have conspiracy theories over the dumbest stuff
0: Oh, I also want to say to all of you that became zombies during the emergency broadcast system test over the cell phones, like uh, brains. Yeah. Yep.
1: Uh-huh. We're going to meet up at the Winchester, have a pint, and ride this thing out.
0: There we go. <laughs> Wait for all this to blow over. Yep. <laughs> if that's not a slice of fried gold, I don't know what is. Uh. Oh, I got a great conspiracy theory article to wrap up with today.
1: Oh, do you now?
0: I do. It fits very well with our current conversation that we're having. Having um, Also, AllEars.net, thank you very much. Special Taxing District approved for Universal Orlando. Now, I'm not going to just sit here and drain this article, but here's what I'm going to tell you. Essentially, what they're doing is they're establishing a new taxing district called the Shingle Creek Transit and Utility Community Development District. Which sounds a whole lot like the Reedy Creek Utility District (laughs) Um, that Disney had established when they started building the Magic Kingdom and all of their parks over there in Orange County back in the day. And here's another similarity. This Shingle Creek Transit Utility Community Development District is going to be, the board will be made up of universal employees, oddly enough. Um, one of the things that this taxing district is going to do is I'll tell you what it's going to do. It's going to streamline because it encompasses the land where Epic Universe is being built. And when there's a board like this that is in charge of this special taxing district, it can streamline their, um, their the process for, for getting projects, moving, getting permits. Um, it also will assist in building infrastructure specifically that will serve. Things like Epic Universe, and tying into that, it will assist in funding the proposed Sunshine Corridor, which will extend the passenger trains from i from the Orlando International Airport to iDrive. This is this is wild to me. Now, I will say this was established by Orange County, and when I posted this article in our Facebook group, uh, Cocktail Bob rightfully asked, "Was this a state move or a county move?" I thought it would, had to be a state move because I didn't think within a, a county that you had the authority to establish a new taxing district that separated it out. Apparently, they do because it was established by Orange County. So that being said, it will be interesting to see if the state tries to get involved in this at all. Because if you follow Disney News at all, what you do know is that Ron DeSantis disbanded
1: up, up, up. Noted Disney villain, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, as he's known around these.
0: Exactly. Disband the Reedy Creek Improvement District. Well, sort of. He renamed it to the Central Florida Tourism and Oversight District. Central Florida Tourism Oversight District. That's a mouthful. um, And disbanded the board and established a new board made up of his political allies. And, of course, since that happened, it's been nothing but disputes between that board and Disney. Because now they're, they're having a much more difficult time. With things like permitting and development and taxing and all of that sort of thing. Because that was the whole purpose. That's why Ron DeSantis did this. So it it just, this to me sticks out like a sore thumb. Because guess what? Disney spoke out against the Don't Say Gay bill that started this whole thing. And that's what started the bitter feud between noted Disney villain Ron DeSantis and Mickey Mouse over there in Orange or well, in in the in their little Reedy Creek Improvement District, Orlando you or Universal Orlando. They are also a supportive and inclusive community. But I don't remember the them coming out and making a statement against the don't say gay bill. I think they, you know, they probably just said something about being supportive of their cast or team members and, and you know, all that kind of thing. But they didn't directly say speak out against the bill, as I remember. Correct me if I'm wrong. And so here's where I think this is very interesting. I'm going to editorialize just a little bit. There's, of course, there's an ongoing lawsuit between Disney and the state over this whole shenanigan that happened with Reedy Creek Improvement District. Ron DeSantis now is trying to walk away from it and say, I'm going to be the bigger man. We're just going to let all this go. But it's not like they're disbanding this board that he created of all his little cronies. Um, But now Universal is getting their own Improvement District that will have a board consisting of universal members and they're going to get a stop on the commuter train. How is that not how if you compare these two things, how does that not look like political retaliation? I I just I'm I'm asking the question. Maybe I'm wrong. Landon, what are your thoughts?
1: I you asked the question and I I think I I. I I think you're asking the question, and you kind of know the answer. Um, this this is not a good look for uh for the state. This is not a good look for Ron DeSantis, even though he is now trying to walk away from it and and you know say he's he's over this. <laughs> he's he's over. He, he 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 doesn't want to continue this fight. Well, Disney does because you you done messed with the mouse, Ronnie and uh and and Mickey. Don't forget, <laughs> um. This is not a good look for them, especially because they do have this ongoing lawsuit where Disney is claiming this is retaliation against the Walt Disney World Company. And then this comes down the pipe where, um, uh, Universe, or excuse me, uh, Universal, who is, I mean, like, like the, uh, Theme park across the street from Disney is getting all of these perks, which pretty much is their own version of the uh, Reedy Creek Improvement District. While Florida, (laughs) more exclusively, Ron DeSantis came in and dismantled the RCID and installed his own toadies uh, to oversee Disney while Universal gets their own version of the RCID.
0: Right. Wild.
1: like. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's uh <laughs> have fun in court, Ronnie. I mean and uh and, and, and bring your highest high heels that you've been wearing out on the that <laughs> oh, campaign That's right. You're not fooling anybody.
0: All those lifts, bring all the lifts, and then try to yep. smile like a human. I've never seen you be able to do it. He is just a
1: weird dude. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so strange. Um if you remember when they started talking about expanding the bright line, one of the things that was discussed was establishing a stop at Disney Springs.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: Of course, that got uh, shelved. We're actually just totally trashed. They're, they're not doing that. Well, it turns out that this station that they're talking about for I-Drive, which is on the same plot as like the Epic Universe, it's like 719 acres, I think I read. It encompasses this train station that will be a stop for the Sun Rail, which is the local commuter station, and the Bright Line. So Universal's getting a st- it's what this is. This is just so nuts to me. I, I don't, I, I can't believe this is real life, to be
1: honest. But, you know, good for Universal. This is a huge advantage for them. Huge. 1000%. Oh, yeah. Like, honestly, it's like, like if the story was just, uh, just about the Brightline train, like, like that, that would be a win right there. But the fact that it's everything else rolled into it. Yeah. <laughs> and then also there's the whole like, um, the hell are y'all doing down there? Like, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: we don't know. Mm. It's chaos. Yeah.
1: It's, uh, it's about to get very interesting on the, uh, on the, uh,
0: things. i uh, I have a feeling. <laughs> yeah. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dreamers. <laughs> uh. Wow.
1: Yeah, but uh, but but good on Universal for this.
0: Yeah, congratulations. And and the thing is, I'm not hating on it. I mean, really. It's no, no, one thousand percent.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Don't let that be the takeaway from, no. from us talking about this. Like like this is a big win for Universal all around. It's just there is a, some slight hypocrisy going on, uh, coming from uh the uh, I guess state of Florida as yeah. it were.
0: Yeah. I think the the only way that they come across as not looking like there's political retaliation is Ron DeSantis has to step in, have a lawsuit against Shingle Creek, because I guess, like, if Orange County set it up, then he maybe wasn't even involved in that, or – Maybe he was. We don't know. Maybe he told them that this was going to be okay, and he's not going to mess with it. I don't know. I have no idea how this works. I just feel like something yeah, stinks. That's true in Central Florida. So that's yeah, it.
1: I mean, like if if it was handled on a county level, and Orange County handled it, and, and like like I will say, okay, then, then at that point, Ron DeSantis didn't have his hands in it. And honestly, it's like he's. It, it seems like he's been very unplugged from the state of Florida as a whole, as he's been out uh, trying to. Uh, <clears throat> get the Republican nomination. And uh, that didn't seem to be going very well for.
0: Me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, just let that one hang there for a second. <sighs> it's all for you all to think about and enjoy and <laughs> ponder the meaning of life. Um, So those are the articles I wanted to hit today. As we wrap up, there's just a uh, real quick, cause we're coming up on time. I just wanted to talk about, uh, Soarin over California and the Moana journey of water. Two things I got to experience last weekend at Epcot. Ooh, you lucky dog! So, Landon, I wanted to ask you: Have you ever did you get to do Soren over California before it changed to Soren around the world? I
1: was trying to think about this because I listened to your appearance on uh, Dillo's. Dis- That's the third time, Frank. I swear <laughs> to God, that check had better be in the mail. Um, I don't think I ever experienced Soren over California. I think I have only ever done Soren the world version soaring yeah. over the world. So I'm really hoping when I'm down in November, soaring over California is still going to be going on because, you know, it's on the limited time run down in Epcot. And I talked on a previous episode of Doz does Disney. There are rumors that it's running through the end of the year, but I I've yet to see anything that confirms it's running through the end of 2023. Oh, I know. I mean, like it could be like, all right, it's uh end of October. And then, and then it's back to uh back to the world.
0: So, Did you have you talked about because I feel like the whole reason for this must be that they're reworking the final sequence, right? They're changed. Cause yes, Ep- cause I Epcot did bring that up. Yeah. There
1: are some uh, rumblings and rumors and uh, dues. If you were, that uh, they're going to be reshooting that final sequence for the new Epcot that we're going to be, uh, I guess, living and experiencing uh, with the land um, going <laughs> forward, because I pointed out, it's like the final sequence where we fly through Epcot and then Tinkerbell kills us with fireworks. <laughs> the Epcot that we see and the Epcot that we then walk out of, And then into is vastly different and it has been for several years. So I said it would be a good time and kind of gave some credence to those rumors of them updating the finale.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that there's a, that makes a lot of sense. I I think that it would make sense if that's what's going on here. Um, I would say that until that is totally done and, and ready to go that we'll have sworn over California I think it makes sense to keep it through the end of the year. I don't know why they wouldn't, um, but having done it, I will just say it. Is, and I and a quick hitter because if you want to hear my full, full thoughts on it, I go in a little more detail over on Theme Park Thursday with Dillaz Diz.
1: That's four, Frank. Four.
0: Um, it's nostalgic. It was a fun like uh, walk back into what the the ride used to be. I. I'll I said it there I'll say it here I prefer soaring over California. I just think it's I don't know. I really? I'm not I'm not sure exactly why but it to me it sort of feels like like I get soaring around the world makes sense for Epcot cuz you've got the World Showcase and you're representing all these different locations around the world. And that's great. But like Soarin' over California to me sort of felt like um well, we get, you know, all the countries in World Showcase, but this is something that is like a spectacular um you know view of of one of our beautiful states that has all these different biomes and climates and things to take a look at so I don't know I I almost wish that they would do more like why not soaring over cal California and then soaring over Florida soaring over Arizona why not like
1: do some of those for at you know other states soaring over Florida be like oh yeah look at that there's 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 swamps we're gonna cut to another part where there's Swamps. <laughs> well, I know. We're gonna cut to a part where Oh, there's there's uh people making meth in the swamps. <laughs> I don't know. I I, I guess nope, I'll, I'll, there's a Walmart with meth.
0: I think the, the bottom bottom line for me is that um I think it would be fine if there were multiple Multiple options.
1: That would be cool. Yeah,
0: and multiple locations that you could go to when you're soaring, and it, that would up the re- ride ability for me. But kind
1: of like a Star Tours situation. Yeah,
0: a little more like Star Tours. I think that would be cool,
1: and and make like, it like like you're, you're soaring, and then like Admiral Akbar pops up and says, "It's a trap. We have to go soaring over Colorado." <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> Just turn it into Star Wars. That's my suggestion. Oh,
1: that'd be dope. Yeah, soaring <laughs> over like uh, like like Coruscant or something. <laughs>
0: Um, and then the other thing I got to do was Uh, uh, like,
1: uh, soaring over California, like, like it, it has its own unique smells, right? Because that's like, like, like like soaring, soaring over the world's fine, but it's like, I love the smells.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's smell. There's unique smells. Yeah. All all right. For sure. And those are good. And uh, the question that was posed to me is, does the orange grove still smell the same? I don't think it does. I think it's different than it used to be, but maybe I just don't remember. It's been a long time. But I don't know. I think it smells a little bit different. So you be the judge. Go ride Soren over California. Tell me I'm crazy.
1: Okay, I will ride it, and I will tell you.
0: You're crazy. crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, let's talk a little bit about Moana. So I got to do this. It was a day where we were still in pass holder previews. I signed up. I didn't get to Epcot when it opened. I got there around – it was like 1030. I was able to – get on the, the list, that get in the virtual queue, and it took until it was like 2.15, I think, when I got called to, to go do Journey of Water. Um, and then I had to wait maybe 15 minutes in the line after I checked in to, to get in. And then it's just a walkthrough. It's a walkthrough experience. There are several different ex- water exhibits each one of them each you could call them stations Um, each one of them has like a signpost, and it tells you about the water cycle different stages of the water cycle and then there's like an interactive element and and each one of the exhibits has multiple um, spots where you can step up and experience the interactivity which is good because you know if it just had one or two the lines for all that would be kind of long but really there's like probably seven or eight Uh, At each one of the locations. So that's really nice. Um, And then there are maybe I'm just trying to remember, I think like six or seven, maybe eight different exhibits as you walk through it's really, it's really nice. It's immersive. Um, There's a lot of rock work. Um, There's a lot of lush greenery. It's, it's, it's an Epcot that I've never experienced before. And you, it definitely takes you out of feeling like you're in Epcot until you round a corner and then you see spaceship earth rising above the Moana journey of water. Um, But that's kind of cool because again, part of the thing we love about Disney is the amazing views. And I was just thinking, well, that's a That's a view of Epcot and Spaceship Earth that I've never seen before. Like, so that's kind of cool. And. The the I think that it's a really nice attraction for families. It's a really nice attraction for kids. If you want to walk through and get cooled off, you're going to be like hit, get walking through misters for most of the time that you're in there. So don't if you don't want to get wet at all, don't go in the journey of water because you're going to at least get a little bit damp, a little bit.
1: No, so this so this is an attraction. You're going to come out being wet.
0: Not not like riding. Um, like uh, S- Splash Mountain or, or something where you get drenched, you just come out and you're like, oh, I, you know, y- it's not going to give you soggy shoes. Although there is a part where you walk through like an inch of water, like a, <laughs> that's just kind of mm. running over. It's like it's like a creek passing over the walkway and you just kind of walk through it. It's about four feet wide or something. Um, so, like, if you're in flip flops, you're probably going to get wet feet. Um, if you're in Crocs, you know, <laughs> like I like to wear in the parks. But uh yeah, no. I know. Uh, so you're going to get a little damp. It's not, you know, by the time I walked out, I, I dried off like super quick. You know, I wasn't. But there's just no way to avoid the the mist and stuff. And if you are playing with the interactive water elements, you're going to get a little wet doing that, too. But uh, and there's nice. There's like a instrumental Mo- Moana score that's going on as you're walking through there, which is mm-hmm. nice. And so it's it's a nice little oasis. It's a nice little haven in Epcot. My personal opinion, and I had this before I experienced it, I don't think it's gonna be a must do every time I go to Epcot. I think if it were if there's no line and you could just walk through it, sure, I would do it. It's a nice way to spend ten or fifteen minutes. I don't necessarily feel like I need to do all the interactive things, but it's you know, it's fun enough to kind of walk through and just get that little break. And I do want to do it at night. I'd love to see I know they changed the hours, which is something I saw, but um, I think it would be really cool to walk through with Spaceship Earth lit up with, you know, the whatever lighting they've got going on within that area. I think that would be pretty neat to see, too, because um, it definitely, you know, the, the parks at night have a different personality. So I think that would be nice. But overall, it's something that is definitely good for families and kids. It's something that I would say, you know, try it for yourself and, and enjoy it. But don't I, I don't think that it's like a. It's not going to be a, a must-do every time or like, oh, this is the new e-ticket experience in Epcot. That's what I think.
1: Well, I, I'm, I'm glad you said a couple of things, particularly on the uh, you're not going to walk out with uh, soaked shoes, because that's what kept me off a lot of uh, water attractions, uh, namely uh, Splash Mountain and its uh, run when it was closing. Um you say it's not gonna be, you know, a must-do e-ticket. I don't know if it necessarily was being positioned as is something like that. I mean, don't get me wrong; it's like I'm being, I'm looking forward to experiencing it when me and the Smokin' Hot Girlfriend are down in November. But I, I, I don't know if it was being pitched as this must-do new hotness coming from Disney. It's Journey of Water by Moana, but it's like, like I, I, I think this is gonna be a cool, neat. Walk through attraction, and that's just what it is. It's a walk through attraction. It's not, you know, the next, uh, iteration in a roller coaster like Guardians. It's not a new dark ride like Remy. It's not the new, uh, water attraction that we're going to see in Tiana next year. I, I, it's, it's, it's just a walk through attraction. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad to, I'm glad to hear that, that, that you, you enjoyed your experience, but I also think it's, uh, it's a good idea when you're saying it's like, you know, don't go in expecting it to, you know, knock your socks off and think it's like, oh, my God, we got to go back through again, mom. Right. Well, and and I
0: agree. I don't think that Disney was posi- positioning like this is going to be the next headliner and it's going to be the big draw to Epcot. But I was expecting maybe a little more magic than I feel like I mm. got from the attraction. They really but playing lean, with water doesn't do anything for you, Jay. <laughs> they really lean into the dancing fountains that look very much like the um, fountains in front of Journey into Imagination. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of those going on back there, and I will say some of the interactive elements. I would a couple of them. I was like, I don't know if I'm doing anything. <laughs> like, I don't know if anything's happening. I'm doing <laughs>
1: really. Yeah, Ooh.
0: I'm doing what you're <laughs> telling me to do. I don't know if and there's water happening in front of me. Water is happening. But I don't know if I'm doing that. So, <laughs> yeah. Water
1: is happening, says podcasting's Justin Monroe. Water is happening,
0: man. Um, <laughs> Go ahead and
1: put that on the poster. Yeah. Um,
0: I was wondering, like, do you think it's going to be one of those things where? Because there are a lot of interactive elements. There's some technology going on in there. Are they going to have issues with keeping everything working all the time?
1: That- Ooh, I had not thought of that, and I mean. Just look at Rise of the Resistance. That's a pretty technologically savvy uh, attraction, and they seem to have a pretty hard time keeping that thing running in a mode. Oh. Uh, mm. And most, I really stuff. hope not. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I mean, now you're adding an element like water, and you're also you're adding the elements of it being outdoors too. Yeah, huh.
0: yeah. So just a thought. Ew. Not thought of that, but. Anyway, it's good enough. Water is happy. Well, we'll hope
1: for the best and expect the worst. (laughs) (laughs) Much like this podcast. (laughs) That's
0: right. Well, speaking of that, I think that is going to bring us to the end of today's podcast, Landon. I think we did it. We did it? We did it. We did it. Oh, my God. We did it. Episode 171 of the Monday Morning Monorail Podcast. Do you think we brought the heat
1: today? Well, you, yes. Me, not so much. (laughs) I'll try better next time. I hope I pass the audition. All right.
0: All right. I will say we might have um, even more exciting announcements coming up about the morning monorail and those that might be riding the morning monorail. And I'm just going to for for now, I'm just going to tease that as a reason to come back and stay tuned, because I'm just going to say there are open seats remaining here in the front car, the captain's chair of the morning monorail. So what does that mean? Who knows? Who knows? But we'll find out soon. Until then, let me tell you about a couple things. We mentioned we're on the socials at Morning Monorail. We do have an email address, MondayMorningMonorail at gmail.com. And we have the Facebook group, Monday Morning Monorail. Family, would love to see you over there. Search for it. Shoot me a note if you need like directions or a link or something. Um, you can do that. You know, Message me on Uh, instagram or twitter or wherever you want to do and then the other thing i need you to do is consider joining our discord which is we're actually recording in discord today and we've got this is another place where if you're not a facebook person you could join the discord and continue the the morning monorail conversation and interacting with the monorail fam all week long and again just shoot me a little note on you know one of the DMs, you can do that Justin underscore monorail on the socials or morning monorail and I can send you an invite to the Discord. But otherwise, guys, it's good to be back. It feels yes. right. It feels great. I am feeling fired up and excited about what we're going to do with this show. And and I I just I have an energy that I can't explain right now. And so Landon, I think it's time to sing your song
1: oh you mean the part where i plug l-a-n-d-o-z please go follow me landon don't i'm the best landon don't not the rest that's where you can follow me 280 characters at a time on twitter i also run a website munch but chips, sit on your butt and munch oh <laughs> that's where you can find really outdated stuff i did in my college radio days we're talking old podcasts old shows old interviews i've done with uh cast of Aqua Teen Hunger Force, Venture Brothers. um uh Who else? Did, 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 did. I think that's it. I don't know. It's been a long time since I've been to ButtMunchHips.com. I'm doing a really good plug. Uh That's great. But uh speaking of really good things and uh, really good plugs, I do. I also appear on the Phil Show, News Talk 987W. OK, I radio station locally here in Knoxville, Tennessee. Streaming 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time at NewsTalk987.com. Also available in the iHeartRadio app and the News Talk 987 app as well.
0: That's right, folks. And guess what? Tomorrow night, we've got a live show. If you're listening Monday, October 16th, tomorrow night, October 17th, the Passholder Lounge is going live for our monthly live happy hour. You might want to check that out. There's so many things, so many things for you to do. But I want to thank you all again for joining us one more time. Thanks for rediscovering the monorail or discovering it for the first time. I hope you are on board and you're going to take this ride with us because it's going to be a blast. But until then, I'm going to ask you to thank a cast member. I'm going to ask you to thank a team member. And then I'm going to ask you to be excellent to each other and party on, dudes. We're the morning monorail. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.
1: Felt like a podcast.